Um, when I was 17 years old, uh, my life really changed. Uh, I grew up in a country uh, where no, uh, only 0.2% is a Christian. So uh, what does it mean is that you don't know. Uh, you, you never probably met any Christian. And uh, you just live and die without meeting Christian and, uh, or going into a church or seeing a church in your town. And so uh, um, by providential grace, uh, I became a Christian when I was 17 years old. And uh, my life totally changed. And I was very happy and glad that a God, there is a God who loves me and changed my life. But not only that, my life has been changed that made me so uh, joyful. But also the, the, the promises that was full in, in the scripture really made, my, uh, made myself so glad. Uh, scripture like, uh, you know, um, the, the, the promise to Abraham. Um, God said to Abraham, I will bless you. And I bless the Christians. I bless those who believe in God. Bless you so that you'll be a blessing. It is so, so that that not only not only I being transformed, but the, the entire nation, Japan, could be transformed. Japan could be blessed. Maybe that I became a Christian will be just the beginning. Maybe Japan will be changed. So that really made my heart so glad. And actually, that joy brought me into ministry after college, hoping that. That someday a lot of people become Christian. I joined into the ministry. I spent, I did seven years doing college ministry, uh, working with a missionary um, in, in Japan, MTW. First year, we had no one became a Christian. Second year, we had one. That's good. And third year, we had zero. And the fourth year, we had ten. Oh, now. Now it's the time. We hope that, that the next year will be, this, the following year will be 20, and then 40, and 80. What happened is that the next year was zero again, and the next year, following year was a one, and then zero. And that how, that's how I end my, the seventh year of my college ministry. I was really disappointed. And, uh, and towards the end, I was wondering, what happened to the promise? What happened to the promise that God gave us? I think all of us at some point experienced huge gap between the promise and the reality. And how you do this in this huge gap? I think this is the question that we like to ask ourselves. Not only, uh, you know... Maybe we're in a different time, different area. Uh, we live in a different stage of life. But I think that God's promise is, is actually here. I, I'm not talking about um, uh, prosperity gospel that you will, um, when you believe in God and you will have a rich life and healthy life. I'm not talking about that. But there is, God, God is so sure that I will bless you so that will be a blessing. You will see the transformation in your life, in the family, and in your workplace, in the world. And then that promise sometimes has a huge discrepancy between, with, um, against the reality that we experience. Our life, how, not only, before looking for some transformation in other people's life, 
I don't see much transformation in my life. I don't see much transformation in my family life. Where is it? How God's promise could play out in this reality? I think that Jacob in this story also experienced a similar thing. He was actually um, received as picked one as who could be who's supposed to be the receiver, the heir of the God's promise, the promise, Abrahamic promise. You shall be received. You shall be blessed. So that you'll be the blessing. And what happened to him was actually from the day one of the, his birth, there was a huge problem. One problem is that he had a brother. Not a young brother, but he had an older brother called Esau. In Japan, that is hard. If you were born in the, um, the second son or the third son, you would, not, you would not be able to receive any blessing that carried through the household. Only the firstborn son could be an heir. So I could see, I could see how there's a problem. And another problem is that there's one phrase. Esau, no, no um, Isaac loved Esau, the father who has a eternal, uh, the, the, the final authority in the household, loved Esau, not Jacob. So that actually made the huge problem. Even though the, J- Jacob was born to be the heir of the promise, how, how could the promise could be true in this, in this contrary, totally different reality? So that's the question. And we'd like to see how Jacob did. And through that, we'd like to see how we should do in between promise and reality. First, how Jacob did. By answer this, we'd like to know how we should do. Genesis 27, 36 to 36, uh, 35 and 36, that few verse actually tells how Jacob initially did in between the promise and reality. And how he, how he did. It's interesting that it said, that is right after his deception of, um, of, of Esau and his father, it is said, Isaac said, But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. As you can see in a few verses, it is said, Deceitfully cheated and take away several times in, in just a few verses. I think that is the God's summarization of what Jacob did. He cheated. He took. He used his hands, might, cleverness. We could say, okay, Jacob did a great job. You are so faithful to the promise. You're so faithful to the, 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 the blessing. So you just pursued it. Great job. Clever. It's not. The God's understanding of what happened to what he did throughout taking advantage of the, the Isaac, um, uh, the Esau's came from the, from the game, from the hunting, with the exhausted, and, and, and exchange um, the birthright with the stew. And in the final stage, when the, uh, 
when, when the Isaac was finally uh, blessed uh, either of the son, uh, Jacob came in and steal it, disguising himself to be as an Isaac, uh, as an Esau. All things was not said as a clever and great thing. It's just said, cheated, and take away. Interesting, what is not in the text, what is not in the text is prayer. And all through his young life, he understood there's a huge gap between promise and reality. There's no single account that he prayed. He talked to God. He asked. He didn't. You could see what's the problem. What Jacob wanted to do is just get it with his hands, with his idea and cleverness. And he thought he was faithful to the promise in God. But what, what happened to him? What's God's judgment discernment about what he has been doing so far, what he had been doing? Jacob got exiled. Jacob eventually got cast away from the land. Not just uh, one year or two years. It actually ended up 20 years away from the land, away from the land which is a substance of the promise to them. Although he, Jacob pursued to get the land, the promise, the blessings, he lost he lost. But you know, we understand Jacob's feelings. There's a promise, and if there's a promise in reality, there's a huge discrepancy, gap. It's rightful for us to use a cleverness in hands and might to get it, isn't it? Because there's a problem. But if you, if you go back to the Bible and see how did Jacob's story began? Do you, do you remember that how Jacob was first um, mentioned in, his, in the promise, prophecy, the spoken to, to, to his, father, his mother? It is said, two nations, two nations are in your womb, and two people from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. It is already, already predicted that Jacob had the older brother was not a problem. Was not a problem to God. Was actually a plan of God. We sometimes think the problem that we have is a problem. But it is not. Maybe. It's plan. And God knows how he could turn the table around to make the blessing, make the promise happen. Maybe what, he, what Jacob could do is just probably wait and see how God could use, how could God bring the promise true. But he didn't. He couldn't wait. He used his hands. He used his cleverness to get it. We don't know where, uh, I don't know where you are now, and what kind of gap are you struggling? But have you, have you think that you've been using your hands just to try to get it? You'd be so obsessed and struggled to get the promise 
It's something that you're longing for, something that that you think that God wants you to, to have. But maybe lesson from this one, what we should do in the, in the gap between promise and gap, promise and reality, maybe we should stop. Stop. Stop thriving to get it on your hand. When I was doing college ministry, as I was seeing such hardness of the ministry, I started towards the end of the ministry, I started to think, okay, I need to come up with some plans, some plan B, C. So we started try to expand. The plan B was to expand the ministry. If the ministry in this one place just didn't go well, maybe we just plant several other places, two and three, two more campuses throughout Japan. And we divided teams and started to send teams, and it didn't go well either. either. People started to say that, we are, we, are, we are kind of spread our team thin. Um, you are, you, you're almost like a treating a team members as a, like a pawn in a piece of chess. And, uh, and that was hard for me. And, and my heart just started to uh, away from the God. And I found myself eventually that I was not praying much. Striving, tried to get, but it just didn't work out. And one mentor told me, and asking me, Seima, in all of this, how is your heart now? How is your relationship with God? And honestly speaking, I had to say, not good. Jacob got exiled. And what we should learn from his experience next, what we should do in between promise and reality Let's do, let's see, how did then God do to, to Jacob? How did God do to Jacob? Okay, is that the end of the story? Jacob got exiled. His relationship with God didn't work out much. And he lost land. Now he's in a different place. Is it, is, it, is it the end of the story? Where is God? Well, we can think, okay, Maybe God could just cast out uh, Jacob and pick someone else. But what you can see in the Bible is different. You see, you see that God actually start to meet, start to talk to Jacob. In, 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 on, on, on his way from land to the different place. And God actually spoke to himself, showed himself up to Jacob. And what was, the, what was the word that uh, God spoke to him? Is it the word of condemnation? Ah, oh, you kind of failed me. You know, I trusted you, but you, you, didn't, you just didn't. You never asked me. You never trusted me. What a bad servant you are. Is it what God told Jacob? It's not. Genesis 28 from verse 13, let me read. This is what the God said to Jacob. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac, the land of which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad 
to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you, in your offspring, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Word of condemnation? No. Assurance of the promise. Why? Because it was God who promised. It was God who said Jacob will be blessed. And it is God who just keep the promise. And he loves, he loved Jacob and he loves Jacob. And I think that is the same to us. And whenever we see the big gap between promise and reality, what do we have to do next? Yes, to remember the promise. What God wanted to Jacob was to remember the promise. Remember who promised it. It's God. When God said, we'll be blessed so that we'll be a blessing, there'll be a transformation, gospel transformation will start in our life, in our family life. It is God who promised it. Can we believe this? Can we be remembered now that it is stated again and again and again in Scripture to remind us that we are living in this promise, living in this blessing, even though the reality is so far away from the promise. When I was doing um, seminary training, and I was about to come back to Japan, I was so afraid to come back, actually. I was excited, but also frightened, because I knew how hard it was and how hard it will be to do ministry in Japan. And there was, there was an ordination exam. Uh, there was an ordination ceremony. And, uh, and the, my pastor, um, uh, my uh, supervisor from Japan, they flew in, and he had, um, uh, he had a sermon uh, at this ordination ceremony again. And that was actually from the Genesis 12. And it was clear, and he said clearly, when the God said, Every nation on the earth shall be blessed through the seed of Abraham, who is Jesus Christ. It will happen. It shall happen. It is not, it, it, it is not just a plan or hope. It is a God promise written in the scripture. And if it is stated, it will happen. Do I live? Are we ready to live for that promise? Are we ready to radically believe and are we ready to radically act out that our belief in, in, this, in this truth in everyday life? And are you? What would be the third point that we need to know? What we need to do when there is a huge gap between promise and reality? Let's, let's, learn, let's learn this by looking at how Jacob did after this. God brought Jacob back to, to the land. God brought back, to, uh, back Jacob to the land. And this time, but still also with a lot of problem. Now, 
Esau came with the 400 men. It is actually an army. Why Jacob need an army to welcome? Uh, why did Esau need an army to welcome Jacob? It was very obvious to fight or to kill. The threat was real. It's not hypothetical threat. It, it was a real threat. It was a real threat. And what did Jacob do? Interesting if you read stories. There's no word like a cheating. There was no word anymore deceiving. There was no word take away. Those words that were rampantly uh, repeated in Jacob's previous life ceased out, dismissed. Instead, what was there was extended account of Jacob, faith with God. A night before Jacob was crossing the, the river of Jacob, uh, Jabbok, and to meet Esau, the extended account was his time with God. And actually God, the Lord, came and met him. And we don't, we don't see that God actually came and met us in, in a tangible and physical way. It, but it is, it is for him, the actual meeting with him. And for us, it will be more the spiritual, more everyday meeting with God. So what, God, what Jacob did in, my, in our term could be more like a prayer. Struggling with God, pray with God, facing with God in prayer or meditation. Just meet him, talk to him. So in the, in the real threat, in the real threat, unless you do something substantial thing, the threat will become real, that kind of threat. What Jacob did at that moment was spend time with the Lord. He spent time with the Lord. And he asked, God, Lord, why is this thing happening? Lord, and just time goes, time goes. And the account said, the Lord said, leave me, leave me. And Jacob said, no, I don't want to leave you. Why? Interesting said, interesting phrasing. I will not leave you until you bless me, until you bless me. You know what? Before Jacob, previous way, you know, Jacob A, Jacob when he was young, blessing was something that you have to take. Blessing was something that you have to plan and take. But in this time, it was obvious to Jacob, blessing was not something that you can take. It's something only that God gives you. Only thing that you can do is to receive. Is to receive. And the fascinating story, furthermore, is how God actually responded to it. God did. God said, Jacob said, please bless me. I know that blessing only comes from you. And, and what God said is, your name be changed. The name changing is my blessing. Well, that, what does he mean? Jacob's name now be changed to the Israel. Israel simply means 
God fights. Or another one says, another understanding could be, he fights with God. Well, you know, there's a two different meaning. God fights or he fights with God. Uh, who is fighting? Is it God or is it he? It's, it's something that's different. But, it, but actually it is not. The answer is yes, both. Both is true. John Calvin said, he fights against with us with his left hand and for us with his right hand. God fights against us with his left hand and for us with his right hand. God is standing in between the situation and us. Even though we want to just straight, straight, directly, straightly fight against the situation to manipulate and change and bring the promise come true, God says, no, no. It is not your, it's not your role to, to change and to control, to do something. It is my role. And your role is to talk to me, to strive with me, to wrestle with me, to ask questions. God, why, why did reality is so hard? Why is this? How should I understand it between the promise and reality? And God says, if you do this, I will fight against the situation for you. And that was the promise. That was the blessing that he received. And what you see after that in Jacob, amazing. He went to Esau to fight? No. Actually, what he did is he, he, he approached this, to Esau, bowing down seven times. Commentator says that bowing down seven times actually means that you were acknowledging someone as your Lord. No, Jacob, in his, all his lifetime, he just wanted to be the Lord to Esau. But now what he's doing is he's humbly acknowledging and saying that, Esau, you are my Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to submit myself. Why? Why he could do, kind of leaving something he wanted to have what he wanted to get now. Give it away. Releasing. Because Jacob knew, understood. Blessing is not something that you take. You just receive. And by, by opening a heart, opening up your hand, you are now ready to receive it. If God says it's not now, you have to wait, Jacob would say, I'm ready to wait. What he did, what we have to do in the between promise and reality is not only, is not only to, um, to, to stop controlling or to remember the promise. Actually, it is also to wrestle with God, wrestle with God himself and submit to the Lord that is what Jacob did. Do you know what happened to Jacob after this? Did Jacob possess the land? Did Jacob possess the land? 
Where did Jacob die? He did not die in the land. He died in Egypt. Again, different place, foreign place, far away. He just lived in his land as a soldier. He never possessed the land that he wanted. But Jacob, did he receive the blessing? Yes. And he is, he became the heir of the blessing. That keeps going the story, the moving to somewhere. You know, the God's promise that we'll be blessed so that we'll be blessing for the others. There's a transformation. Some gospel, tangible transformation that we long for. We, we, we might not see the fruit, the coming up in our generation. Maybe it may take long. Or it might come this generation. Or we could see. Maybe. We don't know. But we know it is God who promised to bless us in some way that we probably don't think it as a promise or, or, or as a blessing. But it is God who loved us, who promised us. And we see that Jesus Christ came. And he, when he was born, it was a star of Jacob. Jesus came as a fulfillment of the promise that was given to Jacob. And we now, the story, we look the story from backwards. And we know God has been faithful. And if God has been such a faithful to what he promised, he is promised to us. And he is able to lead and unpack our story. So that sometime later in, in the generation ahead, we look back our story and be, be able to say, yes, God was faithful to my fathers, to my mothers. And we are living in these stories. And as I'm doing church planting now in Tokyo, going back two and a half years, not start a worship service yet. Could get discouraged. But it's always, always encouraging to be reminded it is God who promised us. And even though we do not know how exactly it will play out, but it, we, it is God's hands. What we need to do is to wait. Wait by stopping controlling things on our hands and by remembering the promise and by wrestling with God every day. Let's pray. God, Father, thank you for this time. Thank you uh, that you brought us into your promise, into your covenant, into the promise, uh, the, the receiver of your covenant blessings. Lord, we, you know where we are in, in our uh, stage of life, in the daily life, and what kind of struggle, what kind of question we have. And thank you that you know how to answer this. And uh, Lord, I pray uh, that you lead our, our stories afresh and, uh, and, and, and show yourself as the God who is able to, um, to make to make your promise come true uh, day by day, uh, or year by year, um, or by decade by decade. It could be slow, could be amazingly fast to our eyes, but it's up to you. Help us to be a faithful servant, to keep trusting you, and 
see your hope. Your promise will come true. We pray this in Jesus' name.